Welcome to Memphis Machine, a Muddy Pig production. I'm Jonathan Bass. And I'm Carl Casperson, and together we're looking to show off the creative sights and sounds of Memphis, Tennessee. Amen. I feel compelled to say welcome to Memphis, officially, with this episode, because we got to speak with... Holly Whitfield. Holly is a Miss I Love Memphis. Yeah. Not yeah. Miss, but well, I, love I Love Memphis. Well, I Love Memphis blog. I Love Memphis blog. And she... She makes a living, and she's very passionate about exploiting all the wonderful things about Memphis. In the best which, possible way. In the best possible And she does a killer job of doing that. Sitting down with Holly afforded us a glimpse into uh, some excellence in, in, in seeing how she promotes Memphis. But this goes to anything if you're Just looking, maintaining a blog. Just maintaining uh, a blog. magnitude, uh, or you, what it has become anyway. Your business, uh, whatever it is, if you're trying to... Um, market or brand anything uh holly has been doing this for a while and she does it she does it very well lots of great information in the episode hope you enjoy exactly holly welcome to memphis machine (laughs) thank you (laughs) thank you for carving some valuable space out of your day to hang out with us oh absolutely um i'm going to start off with a confession and and say that (laughs) it's okay no really it's not that deep no but i i am i'm a little bit shamed that i am just a recent uh Believer uh, to your work and, and thinking, why wasn't this around when I first moved to town? I'm, I've been here what six years, right, yeah, Jonathan? Yeah, sounds right, seven. Yeah, yeah. it's fabulous. Oh, good. The stuff you do is fat. No, no, really. Well, I, I'm, I'm I, a little embarrassed to admit I, I really didn't know it was uh, a Memphis tourism uh, affiliate. I, I thought it was your own personal blog forever. Right. Yeah, and I've actually been reading it for a long time. Um, I've come through osmosis. I guess just meeting other musicians and, and running into people. It's like, oh well, you, you know, here these venues, these places. But the the concise and, and beautiful work you have going and bringing all the stuff together in one spot is is fabulous. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, and a lot of people do tend to think that it's a personal blog, and that's simply because Memphis tourism. When this blog started nine years ago, yeah. next year will be the 10th anniversary, um, they were like, oh, just go do whatever. I mean, <laughs> they don't really tell me what to do. There's no editorial approval process. I say I have 99% editorial control. Oh, that's nice. Um, and that's just because if I like went off the rails and... <laughs> you know, went on a tirade about something that didn't fit the mission of the blog, then... I would be asked to remove it, ah, but I've actually right. been asked to change one thing maybe in five years. Um, so you can believe what I'm writing because nobody's kind of knowing what's happening. There's not even like a calendar that people are looking at um, with my colleagues seeing what I'm going to do next. Okay. You so. know, and, and maybe had someone been on top, top of it and micromanaging you from the beginning, it would not be what it is today, right? Yeah, I think that, I mean, I'm lucky in that, you know, the people that, I mean, I can, t- I can tell you how the blog started and everything, because it wasn't me that actually was the first I Love Memphis blogger, there was someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, but how that all happened, I mean, I think that Memphis Tourism, formerly known as the Memphis Convention Visitors Bureau, yes. you can see why we changed the name, <laughs> uh, they definitely saw the value in, they saw how people responded so positively to something that was less corporate-y, advertise so that's why they're like, okay, yeah, we believe in it. Go for it. Right. Like I, I'm, I know I've seen links. I know I've, I've seen people post things, but now, yeah. And yeah, I'm, you have guests post on the 
blog, right? Yes. Um, there's always been guest posts from time to time from the beginning. And then a year ago, I started a contributor program. So there's going to be, or there are more regularly contributors. And it's like the same five or six people, um, writers from Memphis that each have their own passions. And they get to write about whatever those passions are. Um, so you get to hear other voices besides just mine. Right. Well, hey, speaking of passions, how did you get passionate about Memphis? How, how, <laughs> how, how about a little background as to, because uh, you are uh, from the South. Yes. From Hattiesburg, right? Yes. Yeah, from Mississippi. Former yeah. neighbors here. Really? Almost. Did you go to Southern Miss? I did. Nice. Yeah. Um, yep, I lived cool. close to downtown, just north of Mamie. Yeah, yeah and the cool part. Mm. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. We didn't have a cool downtown when I lived there, but it was it was coming <laughs> up when I was there. It was being I don't know what the term is for that they were throwing around then, but revitalized yeah, or whatever. Back to Main Street or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm from. I grew up in South Mississippi, mostly in Hattiesburg or the Hattiesburg area, and. I wanted to go to a bigger city. Hattiesburg is not like some tiny town or anything, but it is a smaller college town, especially compared to New Orleans, Atlanta, Memphis, all that. So I was trying to find the next biggest city, and I wanted to be an architect Oh yeah, for some nice. reason. Yeah. And so the University of Memphis has an amazing architecture program, so I decided to go to the University of Memphis, and then I did architecture, and then I was like, wait a minute. Hmm. I don't want to be an architect. I'm going to be a writer. Um, and so... I moved here and I didn't know anyone and I was 18 and it was kind of hard. I mean, it was hard. I definitely had the people in my classes and everything, mm -hmm. but it wasn't super easy at first. Um, but I kind of just kept branching out. Um, I studied art. I studied writing. So I got to meet different people through that. I worked in restaurants and met a lot of people through that and learned a lot of things about Memphis. And it kind of just happened naturally and gradually i'd been here four or five years was out at a bar late i'd had a drink or two somebody was like where are you from i was like memphis and then we like moved on and then later i realized like oh okay something's happened here um and i think just honestly the more that i learned and the more people i met the more i fell in love so mm. it was kind of like the more exposure i had to what was going on the more i i got really into it and you know, working in restaurants, being a writer, I worked with the Commercial Appeal. I did like their niche publication, so I got to write about all kind of stuff. I wrote about weddings when I started, y'all. Oh, it's my nice. dark secret. Uh, um, I used to go to people's weddings and like write about their flowers and their bodices of their dress, and, which, if you know me, is like very. It's pretty humorous because it's just not my personality because um, that's what you're wearing right now yeah i'm wearing a full wedding gown <laughs> not engaged um but wearing like a full a, wedding like a, gown it's like a dickens character that's what i always wear when i record podcasts <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 and for those who have not worked in uh wedding um mm. The wedding circus How about the underbelly of just the whole wedding? <laughs> uh, the dark side of, of uh, did you get to experience a lot of uh, underbelly, dark side of, of the wedding industry? <laughs> um, I don't. I don't know if drama. If there is Drama's that what I'm trying to okay, get. Okay, look, I forgot to tell you this drama? is really an expose. That's fine. <laughs> look, weddings in general are dramatic. Yes. Um, emotional things. Yes. Um, so yeah, I got to see some of that, but. Really and truly, I got to meet even more people. And I met caterers and photographers oh, and all yeah. these people, many of whom I still am friends with and still work with. Um, and so that 
even though I make, I joke about the fact that that's just not really ever been my my thing. Um, that was a great introduction to some of the stuff in Memphis. And also in that same job at the Commercial Appeal, I got to write about food and I got oh, to write yeah. about health care and home and garden and architecture. And I wrote about too many things there, honestly. Um, but that was, I couldn't, looking back, I couldn't really imagine a more perfect uh, preparation for the Alabama Memphis blog. So when I was looking to move on from that position, I had some friends say, oh yeah, you should apply for this. And I laughed in their face and I said, that's crazy. Um, a woman named Carrie Crawford had been the first person that had taken the job as an Alabama Memphis blogger. She'd done it for four years. She was a local celebrity. Um, people you know, knew who she was, recognized her out and about. And so I knew that. And I was like, I could never be like that. That's Aww. just not my deal. Um, the idea of writing a blog sounds extremely awesome because I've had blogs since I was like 15. But um, uh, no, no way. And then I told some of my other friends and every every person I talked to was like, oh my God, you have to apply. You have to do it. You're already the person that we're asking like where to go eat or what's going on. You already are kind of doing this. And like, why not make it your job? And so I applied just thinking, okay, fine. And then, you know, four interviews and some weeks later, uh, I got the job and I was like, wow. And so that's 2012? 2013. 13. All right. So we're actually um, just coming off about my five-year anniversary. And so that would be 10 years for the blog. 10 years for the blog. And Mm. it started in August 2009. Okay. So then I came on in um, like September, late September um, 2013. All right. And the rest is literally on the blog. Or on the, the blog. Everything else that I ever did. <laughs> Fantastic. All right, that's it. That's the show. That's it. That, 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 there you go. Look <laughs> her up. That's the Look background. It's, it's, you know. No, that's great. I mean, I love that. I that can is... tell a shorter story, but honestly, people usually have a lot of questions about all of that part of it. So. <laughs> I wanted to share some of my wedding stories, playing, playing all those weddings in St. Louis. But Mm-mm. yeah, yeah. No. No. There's a couple. It doesn't matter how wonderful the couple or the venue or the whatever is. They're just emotional, expensive things. <laughs> so wow. they can be. Yes. The pressure is on. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. But I'd really met a lot of like wonderful yes. people. So mm-hmm. I was charmed. So did you, um, you mentioned architecture school, you know, the reason why you moved here. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously you ended up writing yes so journalist by training or just no actually um i went straight into english and creative writing okay and i had a great professor named jan coleman and she was like you know there's not really a concentration on creative nonfiction, but that's an incredibly important genre in writing and what we would now you know like seven years later call content um, and so if you work with me, we can kind of create this concentration for you. Mm-hmm. So I actually have a degree in creative nonfiction writing, which is essentially the stuff that you read on the internet all day oh. um, or stuff in magazines. So I studied with her at the University of Memphis to do that. I also got a degree in graphic design and worked as a graphic designer. Um, it's so funny because I was getting this degree in design and this degree in English and especially my graphic design professors were like we don't understand what you're doing like we don't get it like why are you doing this all of my projects had writing components to them or some kind of you know just cop too much copy basically and they're like we don't understand what you're doing and I was like I don't know me either I'm just trying to graduate they get it now though don't they they do 
Yeah. I've I've seen them since. Like I've yeah. run into them out, and they're like, "Oh, we get it now." And I was like, "I don't know. I just I couldn't stop writing. I couldn't stop uh, wanting to tell stories. Like it just was a compulsion for me. So I had to tie them together somehow. I couldn't just go and get one degree, guys. I had oh, to like yes. get two and like make it hard. <laughs> make it harder. <laughs> okay, so we we've just met for the first time today, and um, I, I read the last couple of days. I've just been trying to take in as much of your content as possible to get a vibe. But I, 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 God willing, if you live into your 80s, I imagine you will have the same exuberance and energy that you seem to portray <laughs> at this moment. And so, it, 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 can't be, uh, it can't be just propped up or that you're just faking it. So, wh- why, what is it that, that Memphis gives you this energy? Can, can you put into words this, the exuberance that you have that comes across in, in your writing for this city? So, ooh, I have so many things to say about it. Mm. But I mean, it's it's honestly kind of what I was talking about before. It's like the more that I learn and the more people I meet, for example, meeting you guys today, anytime I meet new Memphians or people who are new to Memphis, they have whatever their passion is. Um, and I, then I get them to talk to me about it. And it's sort of like that a contact high or a contact energy that I get from people and sometimes places in Memphis. So um, because of the job I have, I am able to go out and kind of continue that. And that's kind of how I keep up my energy. But also, I mean, I and this is something that people talk about a lot um, with their work, especially in creative fields. Like you have to have downtime. You don't want to get burnt out. And I've definitely gone through periods where I felt like I was burnt out. Oh, wow. So now I kind of, I think if I had started this job when I was 21 or 22, it would have been a lot harder than starting it a little bit later after I had more work experience. Cause like, I don't do stuff on Sundays. Don't ask me to do anything on Sundays. <laughs> so when I come in on Monday, I'm ready to go. And I have this, I guess, energy that you're picking up on. That's really great to hear. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really do think it's just kind of, it's, it's less about me telling my story always and more about me trying to tell other people and places stories um, I definitely want to give my opinion on it, but I kind of just feel like I'm here to prop um, other things up. Yeah, you know, and so yeah. that I guess that's just a, a good cycle for me. I'm mm-hmm. able to sort of do that, and I, I mean, I do like giving my opinion. So <laughs> I, I, I enjoyed your opinions on, on some of the burgers you reviewed. <laughs> that was I've had a lot of fun with burgers in Memphis. It's hey. just kind of the perfect subject where I can kind of say something you read between the lines you can tell it's not my favorite <laughs> um I, and see I even did it just then I said it's not my favorite instead of it's garbage you know what I mean uh so I think people that do read the blog a lot um and we have the data that shows that there are some there's like a group of people that read the blog a lot um I think those readers I think about those readers a lot because I feel like if they can, they can kind of read between the lines um, and tell, but I'm not out here to like review everything. A mm-hmm. reviewer would be someone who is there to tell you if it's good or bad, or mm-hmm. what's good or bad about it. And I'm real. It's I love Memphis, so it's reasons to love Memphis. Yeah. So I don't really have a good reason under that banner to just talk trash about something. But mm-hmm. again, burgers are a great subject because yeah. I can kind of be like, okay, here's all the burgers that all of y'all like. <laughs> Let me also throw in how I feel about some of them. <laughs> What what are some of your favorite burgers of, of late? Uh, let's see. Um, 
I always talk about, and if you follow me on Twitter, I talk about this a lot, but I think Flying Saucer downtown actually has one of the most underrated burgers, and I know that that's a chain. Right. But know that the Memphis downtown Flying Saucer, I believe, is the only Flying Saucer that actually has that menu. They developed that menu sort of independently. So they're like a special Flying Saucer. And their burgers are great. They're like those thick yes. burgers with all their fancy, smancy ingredients that were super popular in gastropubs like six mm-hmm. years ago. And then they yep. all died and became griddle burgers, <clears throat> local. And so now the Flying Saucer brought that back. That's really good. I really like Wimpy's uh, and Sear Shack. They're both kind of like those greasy griddle burgers, though. Um, I actually really like Hop Dotty. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I haven't experienced that. I've yet. driven by that many times. It's pretty times. good. Yeah. Um, Roxy's is the best burger. Uh, Roxy's Grocery is definitely the best. Um, that's like a Memphis institution. I always get a burger when I go to Alex's, or rather when I end up at Alex's Tavern. Yeah, it's um, been a long time since I've been there. It's a great place. Yeah, I mean, you can go during daylight hours. Right. I didn't know that. <laughs> but uh, usually you're there late slash early but uh, you can go (laughs) in the day if you want to just try the burger and then there's some oh yeah ernestine hazel soul burger you know can't can't go wrong it's yeah yeah it's simple but something about it is in in fact in fact just last sunday jonathan and i did not Let's just be honest. We, we did not have a burger, and, and I felt I felt a little sad. I, I did feel a little sad. I, 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 I felt, don't think we should. I felt I felt my Sunday was a little. Hmm. It was it was a good. We, we played well. I felt like, but the burger cap nightcap was not. It was not there, and, and, and well, you're well, right. I was sad. We we've yeah, been playing there for. Well, the gig has been there for <laughs> ten years. Yes, oh, we wow. just celebrated uh, ten year this year. Um, I've been there for I don't know eight now, yeah. and what four for you? Yeah. Um. So how many? What is that? How many burgers? If I have one no, a week, no, <laughs> don't, don't do that. No, don't do that. But I, I can confirm the uh, the saucer downtown. I don't know if they have it back on the menu, but the Sputnik, yeah, was killing. They should still have it on there. Oh my goodness! And I had it paired with some wonderful IPA. Um, and Bar DKDC, their uh, hubcap burger. Okay, I haven't had that. Yeah. Yeah, surprising. Which they share a kitchen with the beauty shop. The beauty shop. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, Which is an excellent restaurant. So, uh, yeah, burgers, awesome. Uh, the other gastro uh, foodie type things, uh, of course, barbecue. Um, and our, so, so what, what of late is, is really uh, cr- cranking your gears as far as Memphis? What, what, oh. what what's, um, what's hitting you? Well, there's a lot of talk about. Oh, Memphis is revitalizing, and that's true. But I appreciate that Memphis has kind of done it in a way that at times, depending on what it is, but at times is a little more intentional. Um, So, for example, like Explore Bike Share, they didn't just get some company to come in and dump bikes on our streets it was like a three-year process they founded a nonprofit. they did community surveys and community events getting input from people and not just people in cooper young and overton square people from all around the city and so they actually made a custom bike sharing program for the city um and like the crosstown concourse building uh you know, other former, so it's a Sears distribution building. It's like right. a million square feet. 
Um, back when Sears had the catalog and you ordered from the catalog, they had to have somebody fulfill those orders, just like Amazon. So it was basically like an Amazon distribution center, but in the you know 30s and 40s. Oh, there were six or seven of those around the country. So instead of tearing ours down and building whatever nonsense, a <laughs> giant Starbucks or something, um, watch, they're going to open a Starbucks in there next week. Uh, I don't know. I don't, that's, I just made that up. Um, or I think in like in the Georgia, there's one and they basically made it into a mall. Like there's a gap in it and stuff in Memphis. Instead, we kind of did some of the similar things. We were a little more intentional about it. And so it has church health center, which is a, you know, health doctor's offices for uninsured people. Um, there's a high school in there. There's an art center in there. There's a bunch of restaurants, a bunch of um, like community sort of focused nonprofits and businesses. So we kind of did that our own way. So Memphis Mm -hmm. tends to do things our own way. We don't just necessarily follow some blueprint of some it city. And um, I think that is exciting. Like it's it's always more complicated than Memphis is a whole new city now. That's more complicated than that. Um, But I do think we've done some cool stuff like that. I mean, like the big river crossing is extremely cool and people in Memphis sometimes. So I guess that's the other side of this too. I do think that Memphians sometimes don't, know about either of those things that i just talked about yeah they don't have any idea what i'm talking about Mm -hmm. or they're like you bikes or whatever we just interviewed uh across town it was across town arts across town arts yeah it was was a great interview talk about the big river crossing yeah so the big river crossing is they took like a really old bridge in memphis and they put a part next to it that you can walk and ride your bike on and it's secure for sure people were like terrified of it (laughs) and once you walk on it you're immediately realizing that this is actually a really cool thing it's the longest pedestrian bridge across the mississippi river it's just about a mile long um but you don't really realize it's easy to forget the importance and sort of the magnitude of the mississippi river when you live in memphis if you don't um, interact with the river a lot. Um, so lo- having the big river crossing allows you to do that. I loved your blog on kayaking the Mississippi. Oh yes. That was all aw- I told my <laughs> girls today. I said, we're going to do this. I said, what? Oh, yes. No. So yeah, now there's like a couple of like businesses that will essentially take you out kayaking on the Mississippi. Man, there's so a, Al- yeah. Alan's kayaking. <laughs> I mean, um, and kayak Memphis, I think it's called our Memphis kayak. Please don't kill me. Um, it's one. It's I think I believe it's kayak Memphis. But when I went kayaking on the Mississippi, that was like three years ago. Right. Like I had the guy that owns Outdoors Inc., Joe Royer, right. who's like super duper into kayaking. He does like every day. He runs that huge canoe and kayak race that's in Memphis every June. And he just like emailed me and said, "Can I please take you out the kayak?" And I said, "That sounds terrifying. I'm gonna do it." And it was so fun. And mm-hmm. I've actually been really. I haven't done a lot of kayaking since, but every time I have the opportunity. Hmm. I do it and I like bought a kayak two months ago. All right. Like, things like this. Um, no, but it was a really, really cool experience. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because Memphians are very terrified of oh, the river. They're it's... super against it. They're like, I mean, <laughs> that's kind of a reasonable fear. <laughs> it is. It is a reasonable fear. Um, but I don't know. Are people imagining that you're like just kayaking out in the middle of it, like without a, a life vest being like, I, ah, I'm going down, I'm in a boat, let's do it. You know, I don't know. Cause just to me, the way that the tours actually happen, mm-hmm. it's 
it feels a lot more safer and you're a lot closer to land than you think it's a big old river. You can be pretty close to land oh, sure. and yeah. still right. feel like you're experiencing a river. You're not, you're right. not competing with barges and tugboats and, and whatnot, right? Yeah. And yeah. I mean, the whole idea is also that you go like with the guide. Yes. The tour. Like I would never have just got out there. But, but being in St. Louis for 20 years, that, that, yeah, the Mississippi was like, oh, you'll die. Oh, you got, it'll eat you in like, that's it. It is a healthy fear. I mean, I think it's better. It's better that everyone's afraid of it than everyone yeah. jumping in and trying to go swimming all the time. That's true. A pool floaty. But it's it's kind of it's it's more than just a fear though. It's it's more than just like oh no, that's not for me. It's it's a revulsion to oh, the yeah. river at times. People are like, oh it's gross and it's dirty and whatever. I'm like, oh. it is, but Okay. So is everything. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, yeah, I don't want to jump out this too far, That's but fine. <laughs> but no, this is no, this is awesome. So, if if you don't mind, could you speak to the mindset of like maybe someone who's out in Collierville, mm-hmm. or and, and and is scared of the big the big downtown, and uh, you know, and there was just recently a a, a, a murder of of, of a, a you know in here that was highly publicized, right? You know, and 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 it, it that very can, sad that can reinforce fears of like see. See, that's why we don't let you go downtown. That's why we don't go past the 240 loopy or whatever that works. Right. So, you know, so uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think, first of all, Memphis is not for everyone in the sense that it's not going to appeal to everyone. Right. Not that it's an unwelcoming or anything like that. Just that if it appealed to everybody, I don't know what it would look like. It would be some kind of really generic, lowest common denominator place. Huh. Right. So it's not necessarily going to appeal to everyone all the time. And that's what makes it so appealing to the people who do like it because it has its own unique character. Um, And not everybody likes going downtown. Not everybody likes going out in a big quote unquote crowded city or whatever. And that's fine. But I do think that many people, um, maybe some of them live in Midtown, but definitely people who live more out in the suburbs have not actually been to Midtown or downtown in many years, or if they have, they kind of like went and parked at the FedEx Forum and then right. turned around and left. Um, when I worked at the Commercial Appeal and I wrote about big fancy houses, um, I remember so vividly this interview I did with a homeowner in Collierville, and she mu- she was only 10 years older than me. She wasn't in her like 70s or anything like that. And I was talking to her, and then she kind of threw some questions back at me, and we're saying, oh, where do you live? I said, oh, I live in Midtown. I live in Cooper Young. And she was like, oh, my God, are you safe? Are you okay? And I was like, yeah, yeah, girl, I'm fine. <laughs> like, I mean, things happen, and you have to be safe, um, but I'm okay. And she said, man, I haven't been downtown when – you know in 20 years she had no idea like how can you know unless you go and give it a try and if you haven't been downtown 20 years maybe you have some good reasons to ask some questions before you come so I guess on one hand it's kind of like we're never going to be all things to all people and that's okay and then on the other hand there are a lot of people who just need to kind of give Memphis an open mind and a second chance Mm -hmm. they've been hearing the same horror stories growing up from whoever and they haven't been back or they haven't been or they've had a really t- limited experience. And if they right. came or maybe they got to talk to somebody like us who has been down here and we can give them a recommendation of something we think they might like, then they'll like it. Or at least not be so terrified. Yeah. Um, Trying to confirm their fears all the time. Yeah, right, I mean, yes. yeah. if they come in thinking it's going to be a certain way, they see one thing, 
um, or hear somebody say one thing that confirms that you're right. right. It's like confirmation right. bias. Um, so yeah, please have a little bit of an open mind. Hey, you know, <laughs> no, I, I love that. That that's a great response. That's very cool. Yeah, or or just just call you up, right? Just say Holly. Yeah, <laughs> maybe not call me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a millennial. If someone calls me, I like lose life force. <laughs> Uh, but you can you can tweet at me. Yes, please. Like yeah, tweet at me. I'm I mean I'm happy to answer weirdly specific questions about mm. Memphis on Twitter. <laughs> and so you also uh, travel to promote Memphis, right? Sometimes, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, so um, I'm a part of the marketing and public relations team at Memphis Tourism, mm. and they support me and help me out with things, and so I try to do the same to them. And so sometimes I get to kind of serve as an ambassador in some way, and last year was a very busy year for that type of travel. We went to the Great American Beer Festival, which was in Denver. They had a section for like tourism in cities, and so we had a Memphis area. I won't say booth because it was a bigger deal than that cool. set up. And so I got to uh, interact with people that were there at the largest, I think is the largest beer festival in the country. If not, it should be because it was like 60,000 people. It's wow. huge. It's in there. It like fills up their whole convention center. Um, and got to face to face interact with people about Memphis. And we were giving away Elvis glasses and barbecue brushes. And we had videos going and we did have a, like hot model guy dress up as Elvis that people were taking pictures with. But we're go. at a beer oh. festival. People have had a few beers. Like they're drawn to that. So we're doing that. We're interacting with them. We're giving giveaways of trips to Memphis. Um, we also went to the Pilgrimage Music Festival, which is just over in Franklin, Tennessee, out of Nashville last year. And again, had like a Memphis booth. That was an interesting experience. But uh, why is that? <laughs> because we brought the America photo booth, which if you're not familiar, is very... Oh, yeah, it's over in Crosstown right now. Yes. Um, Jamie Harmon is a really talented Memphis artist photographer and he created these photo booths that are not like big glasses and mustaches they're like headless baby dolls and panda heads that look kind of scary and it's just kind of a a weirder more quirky uh, aesthetic than some other photo booths and I love it and people in Memphis love it and it's definitely like on your Memphis bucket list you have to get a picture taken in America he has a couple of different trailers now that you climb it and so we set one of those up yeah describe describe it they're like little miniature Airstream-ish yeah they're like Airstream or vintage trailers um, camper camper looking things so you just I mean it's super fun I it's not like actually scary. It's just a little <laughs> bit odd to have like, you know, armless mannequins wearing stacks, uh, Memphis t-shirts and that yes. kind of thing. Um, so it's a little bit odd looking, but um, it's very fun. And so we brought that and I don't know, the people in Franklin Tennessee or the people at that music festival were, they like didn't quite get it. Um, but this kind of speaks to what I was saying earlier. Like Memphis is not necessarily for everybody, but people in Memphis love America. Yes. Like they get it immediately. They're like, Oh, look at this weird stuff. This guy found yeah. and like arranged in this way. And now we're all going to have our group photo taken there. Now everybody in Memphis has like four America photos <laughs> printed out on their fridge. Um, so yeah, I do get to travel sometimes, uh, for that. And sometimes I go and help the PR team. Our PR team is amazing. I love to brag on them because a lot of times if you see stories about Memphis, like in the New York Times or New York Magazine, LA Times, um, smaller publications regionally, a lot of times if you see stories about Memphis, that is coming from the Memphis Tourism PR team, which is a bunch of millennials um, up in here 
<laughs> calling journalists and writers and influencers and Instagrammers and people day in and day out to try to get them to write about Memphis. So sometimes I tag along on that just as to kind of provide more information okay. for those people. Hey, real quick, Memphis Machine would like to thank Snakebite for their sponsorship of the podcast. Snakebite Made in America makes the best keychain, beer, bottle opener, and folding fork church key along with their excellent professional bartending tool, the Mamba. You can check out Snakebite at www.snakebiteco. That's snakebiteco.com. Are there other other cities like have you been to conventions uh, or you know gatherings that that are uh, concentrating efforts the way Memphis is the way the way how you're experiencing promoting the city? I mean, yeah. So yeah. Memphis Tourism is a DMO, a destination marketing organization, and like every city has them. Like yeah. Even counties and small cities have them. Um, so we're, I mean, we're trying, you know, you always want to um, be up in your industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think our team does, r- really focuses on being at the front edge of that. And there's, um, I may have to get back to you on some specifics, but there's definitely some things that Memphis has kind of done first. We mm-hmm. really do want to be a part of like all the stuff that's going on on Instagram. We have a diversity Instagram influencer program. So like we're trying to, like most travel writers are like white women or middle-aged white men. And so we're working to get people who look and come from different backgrounds, like look different and come from different backgrounds to come to Memphis. So there's things like that that I think we are very passionate about and aware of that maybe I'm not involved in directly, but I'm a part of the team that is. So, yeah, I mean, I I haven't really found like a... And I love Memphis blog in another city, not really in the same way. New right. Orleans has done some things that are similar um, with their website or blog or like influencers, for lack of a better word. But I haven't really found somebody who has a position quite like this because I was hoping to. And then I was going to invite them here and we were going to become best friends. Yes. <laughs> yes. But I didn't really find him. But, um, but there are tons and tons of city blogs and travel blogs now. So um, there's, it's, it's a noisy place out there to try to get people to come to your city. But I do think that because Memphis is kind of on the up and up and we're just a little bit different. I mean, we can talk about Nashville all day long, but yes. Nashville's almost getting to be like And, and Nashville news, can talk know? about Nashville all day long. <laughs> No, I no Nashville's well, amazing. I have a blast every time I go to hey, Nashville. I'm not Nash- saying no. Nashville's r- remarkable. Uh, negative about it. I just when when we're talking about marketing and hype. Yes. They have too much of it. <laughs> they have like more than they know what to do with. Um, so to have some cities like Memphis and then other cities even like St. Louis. Yeah. Kind of come in and be like, no, we're not only just to visit but to live. Like we're more affordable and true. You can make a difference if you move here. You're not just lost in a sea of other people trying to do the same thing as you. That kind of thing. I don't know if that really answered your question, but I think so. Everybody's trying to sell their city. I think you know? we're doing a great job. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm be authentically, right? Yeah, as I mean, authentically d- as we can. I mean, yeah. you can. I think most people are sophisticated enough today to uh, uh, sense hype. Yeah, and 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 uh, uh, manufactured excitement. Yeah, yeah. So, and being a millennial, I'm sure you have a very uh, <laughs> astute. Uh, you know, sense of that. Um, you know, we haven't even talked about music yet, and here we are, a couple of musicians, couple of musicians. slinging microphones around. Um, 
what, what, what's your what's your take on? Uh, do you have a favorite? I mean, you try and take in all different kinds. You know, I've seen you yeah. write about the classical and obviously uh, some hometown faves as well. So, what, where, where where are you at lately on the music scene? So that's one of the biggest reasons that I wanted to start our contributor program because I felt like the Memphis music scene is so deep and wide mm-hmm. that it really required someone with more time uh, to really dig into that. So that's why I'm really glad to have some people who are writing about music specifically. Like if you look, uh, Wesley Perham and Bailey Less are two writers that do a lot about music yeah. on the I Love Memphis blog. And especially Bailey puts together a list every month of, and I'm like, make them all crazy different concerts. <laughs> she picks like 10 to 12 concerts for every month. I mean, this month we have... Um, hip hop, we have classical, we have like some jam party rock band, we have Lortine Eloise, which is whatever they are, right. Aristo Crunk. Uh, Aristo Crunk. That's what oh, they yeah, call it. That's yeah. definitely what they call it. Oh, um, we have Marilyn Manson, we have mm. two big music festivals that have all kinds of genres, and that's all in Memphis in one month. So it can be a real challenge to cover the Memphis music scene, yeah. especially because you want to get a lot of these kind of up-and-coming musicians. Um, that's what I'm really interested in. So, basically, I have contributors that do that because I think that they can do a much better job of taking the time um, and being on the scene. That's great, though. Yeah, I mean, that- I, mean I think that's important. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just I love live music. I love there's kind of a thing that's happened in the last year, and I think it may have happened in other cities before, but I've noticed in Memphis it's this trend of uh, – more intimate concerts, house concerts. So there's been a couple. There's, um, well, So Far Sounds is an Airbnb thing. It's international. Memphis just got it last year. So it's a secret location for a show. They do it in people's living rooms or in little coffee shops that they don't normally have shows. And they have three or four artists that come in and play. It's like a pop-up restaurant sort of. Kind of. Yeah, but you you become a member of So Far Sounds. I mean, Mm. I don't think you pay anything to be a member. You pay something to go to the show. At the door or something. Yeah, Yeah. you pay, like, whatever to go to the show. And, I mean, there's a lot of different little details with that. Um, And So Far, in particular, has some controversy. But we're not getting that. We're talking about... the trend of intimate shows in Memphis with their so far sounds and then old Dominic distillery in downtown Memphis, um, that just opened like May, 2017 this past year, they started a pure Memphis music series. And so they do a similar intimate concert where they have, you know, one artist that comes in and plays the, the thing that sets these apart is that like, you're not supposed to bring your phone or oh. you don't bring out your phone. Yeah. You do not talk. Like, you don't get up. You're not supposed to get up, you know? Especially at So Far Sounds, I think you're not... People, you know, quietly get up, but that right. the rule is that you're supposed to be there for the music. It's more of a formal concert. Wow. Yeah, it's more of a... Con- it's for people who really want to have a moment with the music and for the artists who want to have that respect for their music. There's also... Um, Oh, I'm going to get it right. The Harbor Porch series. Um, there's the Memphis Music Mansion. And th- these are four things. I think the Harbor, um, Harbor Porch series. I think that's what it is. Hmm. I'll tell you if I'm wrong. But uh, it's basically this trend that is a backlash from like... I'm just going to say it, whatever. If you go to a place like Rail Garden or like Laughlin Yard, which are two extremely, extremely popular big sprawling patio backyard hangout places in Memphis, like crazy popular. 
um, and they have live music all the time, and it's really great. And sometimes mm-hmm. they do have shows that people kind of go there for as destination. But a lot of times, it's people who are there, and incidentally, there is music. M- music is the accessory. M- music is the accessory, and yeah. there's nothing wrong with that necessarily. But for people who do want to have the intimate experience with the music, I like the trend that's popped up in Memphis. And you have to pay for it. I mean, it's usually like $25. It's not right. like the $5 cover for the show, but I think that it's well worth it mm-hmm. to have an experience that's curated in that way. So yeah, Memphis music scene, trying to get um, people who are more involved in that to contribute to the blog. And they do. So check out Memphis music features on the blog. Um, and some of the artists that we've written about ha- have now gone on to do some really cool things like Marco Pave. Yeah. I wrote about him three or four years ago and he was like telling me he was this best hip hop artist ever. And I was like, that's really cool, man. And you know, he's since gone on to do a lot of really awesome stuff. His yeah. opera. Yeah. Uh, that was uh, the coolest workshop. thing ever. Yeah. Yeah. How about that? Um, so stuff like that, trying yes. to keep up with upcoming, trying uh, to notice the, the Cameron, trends. Cameron and, Bethany. Yes, Cameron Bethany. Yeah. Um, and like a few months ago, and I don't know if I'm saying her name right, but Taliba Sophia, do we know uh, her? I tried to get a writer to do a story on her like three months ago, and he was like, there's not anything out there. And then last week, she was featured on NPR Music for her performance at the Americana Music Fest at the Memphis Showcase. Mm. Oh. So there's like a lot of really cool Memphis sort of seedlings and young plants that are growing yes. in the world and it's cool to see um you talked about authenticity a minute ago and it's funny because sometimes i think memphians or longtime memphians are like they don't th- believe that like elvis and sun studio and stuff is authentic in terms of like they just think of it as touristy right mm-hmm. so to them sure, maybe yeah. touristy is at odds with authentic- authenticity but that is still the number one reason why people come to Memphis and spend money hey. here. Yeah, exactly. So I, I'm never going to be like, uh, blah, I roll Elvis. Like, no, I love Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> Please continue to be a draw <laughs> for people around the world. So there's that side of Memphis music too. Sure, yeah. The reality, I mean, I, the I think... The cool I, side. How often have I told the story of Tom coming from Wales? on this podcast is it too many times already? maybe a little too many times i'm yeah. just kidding i'm messing with you man. i haven't right. heard it <laughs> I, i'm hanging well, like well blue city cafe free world which our was was our first podcast with richard cushing from free world which mm-hmm. was a great interview if you want to check that out but i'm hanging out uh, on a sunday night and blue city cafe and they're doing their thing and and, and i got to sit in and uh, um which richard graciously lets me go up there and bang away for a few minutes and then uh, as i got back down discussed it hey you you were playing up there, and he talked funny because he had this accent, which I'm not going to try and replicate. <laughs> and and he and he looked like someone from the uh, like uh, like Come on, he, Carl, like do your, do your best Welsh no, accent. No, I'm not, no, I can't. Uh, they'll 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 be offended. And he, he looked like someone <laughs> from Oasis, some '90s Oasis <laughs> band thing. He, you know, skinny black jeans, leather coat, and hair kind of swept down in front of his face. And so we're talking. And it's like, oh, come to find out, he plays guitar. So well. Do you want to sit in? I know the guys. He's like, oh, that would be fab, you know. And he gets up there and he and he jang ways and I, I videoed it and, and so it's Tom from Wales who just had a marriage, uh, unfortunately, crash and burn. But he took uh, the remnants, you know, and whatever finances they um, split, and decided he was going to go to Memphis wow. just to start healing up. That's that, awesome. Like, intention, yeah, I mean, I looked. I said, really, you, huh? And it, I ended up kind of like being his. Like I took him to several other jam sessions. I had him over at my house for dinner. Nice, you know. And it was just you know. Then he had a friend from Stockholm, and they they recorded at Sun Studios. It was like this sacred. I mean, they were, and uh, and we were part of this little trifecta thing of of, of Memphis and Nashville and uh, New Orleans. That was his. Yeah. 
that was his and and then he'd go sober up back in England or whatever. But uh I mean that um, I, I tell that story because I was blown away by he's like, Oh yeah, Memphis was definitely on the list. I was like, Wow, you know. Yeah, there are I mean there are so many people, especially from Europe, but and yeah. also from Australia, increasingly, yeah. that have a similar place in their heart for Memphis. Okay, in, in mentioning Elvis, in uh, I play Thursday nights at uh, at Alfred's right now with with uh, Gary Hardy, uh-huh. and he does his Johnny Cash Million Dollar Quartet tribute show, Jerry Lee, Carl Perkins, and and, and a touch of Elvis. And um, at first, at first, you know, you think, well, this is maybe uh, is, is kitsch a bad word? Is that I don't think so. Okay, so you see, and you, th- you think maybe this is kind of touristy, but he, he gives a, a wonderful biography of, of these guys, of Memphis music, and goes to kind of make a, a proof that Memphis music has, has touched the planet in profound ways. That, that out of these, out, out of the work just early on, you know, things have, uh, when he got to speak with Paul McCartney, when he got to hang out with Ringo Starr, like, they're like, oh yeah, there'd be no Beatles if, if Carl Perkins hadn't done his thing. Yeah. So so yeah. I mean so yeah. So hey, come on down, Alfred. Yeah, we six to nine on Thursdays. <laughs> but he plays Friday, Saturday too. But that that's you think like man, that's yeah. I mean, celebrate the Elvis. You know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, you know, we've talked about it with other guests, or you know, respecting the past doesn't necessarily mean that it has to define you know you right now. Absolutely. But, right. but yeah. still, I mean, you have to. I mean, come on. Yeah. Son, Elvis. Yeah. 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 And that's why one of the things, I mean, you were talking about traveling to promote Memphis, and I did not get to go on this trip, but Memphis Tourism, earlier this year, well, first of all, last year, we actually opened an office in Australia. Um, what? So we, yeah, we have offices in Europe and Japan, and now we have one in Australia. Now, just because Are you I really like you guys, <laughs> the office consists, of, I'll tell you this, the office consists of one guy. But it's fine because he does an incredible job. He's very well connected in like the tourism music promotion. So this year we took Southern Avenue, which is a very today Memphis music band. Absolutely. Great band. Yeah. Yeah. Great band. Great band. Yeah. Um, full of young people, diverse group of people with all kinds of backgrounds that were in the International Blues Challenge and won mm-hmm. some things a few years ago. So we sent that band or took that band to Australia to play in their like humongous music festival as a way to introduce those people to Memphis, but Memphis music of today. Right. Yeah. 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 So that's definitely on the radar. It's something I want to do more of on the blog for sure. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So yeah, you're, what, what I, you were, uh, when were you in California? When was that? In California? Yeah. Was that a while back? Um, I went to California last year. I traveled a lot. So this year I haven't have kind of, um, kept it close to home, but last year I went to it was, it like was on your LA, blog. Santa Monica for um, the Sun Records television show yeah, premiere. Was it that getting to, getting to drive up PCH? Right? Is that did you mention that? Well, I did that a few years ago. Was that another thing? Am, am, Maybe am, it was am, another am I thing. I took a personal vacation there to go. the uh, Pacific Northwest last. Oh, month okay, as well. right, yeah, that, but, uh, but that was just a vacation. Oh, that was, that was my movie. like first vacation, like proper vacation since I had the job. I mean, I had taken days off and all that stuff, but this was like, 
I put a note on Twitter like I am gone <laughs> for like nine days. I was like, I am not here. My away message on my email. No, I was just trying to help you out. No, that's good. That's no, good. that was from a few years ago. I mean, before I started, like in between leaving the commercial appeal and, and coming working um, and writing for Isle of Memphis, I did take like a solo trip to California. Yeah, that was also really cool. So I do other things besides write about Memphis. Hey, sometimes. Yes. <laughs> okay, so. Um, but do you do you have like a updating list in your head of like okay you're coming to Memphis, here's the first five five things you should do. Oh man, I like to talk to people and find out like what they're going for so that I can kind of tell like are they coming with their kids like you should go oh, to yeah. the zoo like yeah, right. are you coming with a significant other like go hit up the Peabody lobby for drinks and then have dinner at you know Felicia Suzanne's or flights is like oh, one of my yes. favorites. Yes. Um, increasingly trying to shared the things that Memphis has for people who want to kind of be active or be outdoors, such as the big river crossing and mm-hmm. bike share Shelby farms is truly amazing. Yes. Uh, Shelby farms is really, really fun and very impressive. Um, people are surprised at that. Um, so if people are into that, I like to recommend those things. Um, live music. There's lots of live music um, always going on. People forget about the Love It Shelf sometimes, even though it's packed. It's like people still forget about it. Yeah, it's like well, to remind them about the free shows there. Well, and that yeah, with the kids too. I mean, like free show, we bring our kids there all the time. Oh, it's all great. Summer. And then, yeah. uh, well, we mentioned Royal Garden and Laughlin Yard. Those are actually you know kinfred, kid friendly, oh, fam- yeah. family adult, friendly, yeah, family friendly for real. Yeah, yeah, adult hangs too. You know, and they're great for groups. Like I mean, sometimes mm-hmm. you end up and you have like ten people, and you're like, oh, we can't go fit in. KDC, right? Because it's a small place, mm-hmm. but we can go pile up at Laughlin or whatever. So I don't know that I have like a l- l- permanent list gotcha. of selling people, but I do try to remind people that we have. Um, I mean, I'll tell people like if they only have a day and they're not huge, huge Elvis fans, or if they have a limited budget to check out the Rock and Soul Museum, which is next to FedEx Forum. Or to go to Stack the Stacks Museum of American Stacks, Soul Music. Right. Stacks is fabulous. Probably my favorite yeah. in town. Ooh, have you been to the, uh, the rock climbing? I have Memphis not been Rocks. to the rock yeah. climbing, mm. but yeah, that's, that's apparently super awesome. Yeah, it's right there by Stacks. Stacks. Yeah, it's a lot uh, of fun. There's another gym opening up, uh, two forty and uh, Walnut climbing gym. Oh really? On yeah. the side. Oh yeah. Right. 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 Yeah, it's being built right now. Yeah. I don't know what it's called, but I know what you're talking about. Yes. Um, so yeah, I kind of tell people, you know, you can spend half of your day doing Graceland, but if you do only have a day, maybe consider going to Stax or Rock and Soul or even yes. the Blues Hall of Fame downtown. So I try to throw those in there because people only think about Graceland or Sun Studio. Just seeing Isaac Hayes' Cadillac. Yeah. Is worth. Yes. <laughs> and of course, the Civil Rights Museum. I mean, well, that, yeah. that is that is poignant. Right. Yes, that is that's heavy. And since they redid the Civil Rights Museum in like 2014, mm-hmm. it's even it's it's even more inclusive of like it's more than just civil rights. It's more than just Martin Luther King in Memphis. Mm-hmm. It kind of puts that story into the context of civil rights as a whole, including right. like things that are still happening now. So when they redid that museum, I was so impressed. It's it's difficult to go through. I mean, you walk in, I think the first thing is there's a replica of a slave ship yeah. that you can kind of see um, what that was like. 
but the I mean the redo is just amazing. So a lot of people went when they were a lot of Memphians went like when they were in grade school or whatever mm-hmm. for a field trip, and they should go back. Oh yeah, was really my whole point. In oh yeah, describing that. <laughs> What's next for Hollywood? Film? Oh, <laughs> my radio voice. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Um, like I said, I've always been a writer, so I think that's always going to be part of what I do. Um, I may write the Olive Memphis blog until I'm 80. Well. Um, but if not, then I will be writing something else. Well, are I'm you sure. writing right now? I mean, other than the blog, do you write fiction or cre- or what was the what was the term again? Oh, creative nonfiction. <laughs> creative nonfiction, um, other than what? creative Both, content. Mostly due to time constraints. Um, any outside writing and stuff I've done has been kind of about Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had spells where I wrote for about.com, which is now called Trip Savvy or whatever. Okay. So I wrote a lot of articles on there. I've written a lot of articles for Thrillist. I've done some other random articles. I wrote a like four four sentences for Nat Geo Travel um, <laughs> about Memphis. And that was cool. So um, I definitely have other ideas for sort of nonfiction essays and that sort of thing. But right now, it's it's fine for me to kind of focus on. I love Memphis. Memphis. I think it's is it time for the question that we ask? Everybody? Is it time? Or is that just the season one thing? Was it? I don't know. We 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 we, <laughs> we started we started ending the the podcast with. Um, what are your hopes for Memphis? Mm. Um, <laughs> I mean, we touched on it a little bit earlier, but I hope that Memphis continues to grow and, quote, revitalize and to improve and to address the obvious problems that we have. Mm-hmm. And I hope that we continue to do it in a way that's specific to Memphis and in a way that is inclusive to most Memphians, um, because it can be really easy for people to point to some, a couple of things and say, oh, look, Memphis is great now. Um, but we can't forget that there's a big city out there with lots of people and lots of different people. Um, and so I just hope that as we continue to grow and improve and choose new leaders, that we'll do so thinking about more than just ourselves and our neighborhood, but mm-hmm. the city as a whole and the people who need, you know, those who need to take advantage of those improvements the most. Yeah. Lovely. Yeah. Well, Holly, this has been fabulous. Been I, I think I've said fabulous five times a day. <laughs> that, that, that's my word today. We've also tapered off a lot of our questions in a very dramatic way. Is that right? You'll hear it in the edits. Are, are we dramatic? <laughs> <laughs> but thank you again for hanging out with us today. Oh, and yeah, thank uh, you for everyone, of me. jump on the blog. Uh, definitely uh, go to make this your go to if you're coming to Memphis, if you're vis- visiting Memphis. Uh, get your list in order and, and check out all the goodies on the blog and come to Memphis. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to throw out my, my, my little handles if that's Please. okay. Please. I love Memphis blog.com. You can also Google I love Memphis, but I love Memphis blog.com. Then on Twitter, I'm at I love Memphis. Or for me, me, not I love Memphis me, it's Holly underscore says hello. Oh. Yeah. Cool. And hopefully we'll see you down at Ursine Hazel some Sunday. Oh, Maybe yeah. You like to come here a little jazz? Jazzy Sundays. Eat a soul burger. Sounds good. Many thanks again to Holly and Memphis Tourism. Memphis Tourism for uh, allowing us to carve a little time out of her day. 
It was a good hang down by the river. Down by the river, minus kayaks, although I am intrigued and I really do want to kayak on the Mississippi, but I don't think Jonathan does. I just, I want a sturdy life jacket. <laughs> something it's that the floats, Mississippi River. Something that floats really well. Um, hopefully, you've gleaned some insight into uh, her awesome skills at promoting Memphis. I mean, th- this goes for anything. You could, whatever, you have a business online, you have a, your own blog. Burgers. You, burgers. How about a band? Um, kayaks. You know, if if you are uh, if you are a local Memphis and have not reached out to Holly, do so. Um, and um, maybe you're in another city and you're uh, looking to try and do some stuff online. Hopefully, you got some insights into her excellence in doing that. Thanks for listening, guys. Thanks for listening.